I pre-set everything up this morning, so it's easy today. How's everybody doing today? How was your week? Is it fast, slow, slow, fast? Right? I didn't say it was slow or fast. I said fast, slow. Right? It goes really slow, and then all of a sudden we're here. I feel like I was just here 20 minutes ago, given standing up here talking to everybody. It's just pretty interesting how fast time goes by. We don't stop for a minute and be present to where we're going. Next thing you know, we're time has gone by. I'll leave it there. I remember a time when I was doing a training for a community, <coughs> and it was very interesting. It was all about acceptance and judgment and, you know, meeting people where they are. It was not a, a church setting. It was a, just a, a setting, you know. It was about meeting people in the world. And if you can probably understand, it had to do with our current circumstances that we're dealing with in the world right now. And <coughs> I was going through the motions, and I misspelled a word. And I don't remember where it was in my PowerPoints. And I got a message after, I got several messages afterwards, a lot of gratitude, thank you, I needed to hear this, and so forth. And then I got one that said, uh, man, I was doing really well, so great, speaking right to me, until that one word came up. And it was a difference between accept and accept. <laughs> Did you catch the significance of the word? <laughs> and, I w and I looked at it, and they took their time to screenshot accept with the definition and then screenshot the other accept in the definition and make sure that they sent it to me. It was nice and clear and big, so, you know, they knew I wore glasses. And I wanted to make sure that I knew that it was because of that one word that I ruined the entire message for them. So I'd encourage you today <laughs> to accept me as a human being, that I make mistakes all the time. I've already made several today that I'm aware of and that I'm not aware of. I'm sure if I ask my boys, they'll probably remind me. So we have three ways to come in today. You can be with me. First one is you can say, oh, I know where he's going with this, and disconnect. You can judge the words, which I don't expect that to happen, but we never know. Or you can come from nothing, come from a place of humility, and we can give our time to God. The real reason why we're here today. It's not even to listen to me, to be honest with you. I'm kind of just hanging out here speaking what I think I, what I think, um, what I think I need to hear, to be honest with you. As I'm going through these chapters that I'll be going through today, I was laughing all week long. I kept, every time Danielle came to my office, I'm like, this is prepared for me. This is so great. And it was two months ago when this was put in my mind. It was put in my life two months ago for this week, specifically for me. So it's kind of neat how everything starts coming together. So what's up, social media? Hi, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all the other places we are. Um, if you could do me a big favor, if you're digging what you're liking here, and if you're not quite sure how to share God's message, hit like and hit share. Just share it with somebody. They may or may not get a message, but at least they have an opportunity to make their own decision on what they want to see and hear today. So I don't have a clicker. Can, can, where's one of my boys? They're faster than us adults. But in the meantime, if you can go to slide two, that'd be great. So <coughs> if you look at, oh uh, yes, the praising. I am a person that feeds off other people's energy sometimes. Thank you, son. And if you feel the urge to say amen, I encourage you to say it. You know, there's going to be a really cool time when we're singing and praising hallelujah over and over and over again. Let's be with that. All right, I think it's the big button. So when we look at, when we look at uh, success, meaning, value, and worth, where can we turn? Where can we turn to find 
our value and worth. You know, I don't know about you, there's, a, an inner, there's an outer world that seems to be a little chaotic right now, and then there's the inner world that has also seemed a little bit chaotic. So when we're sitting in that place, while our world is in a state of chaos, where do we find that value and worth in ourselves? But the bigger question is, is what does it look like? <coughs> you know, it's easy to say I get my value and worth because I'm a son or a daughter of God. That's a very easy thing to say, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, it was the first thing that popped into my mind. I was like, well, I guess that's the whole message. So... I guess we can bow our heads and pray and go home. <laughs> well, here's a funny thing, though. While we know this, isn't it also interesting how often and quickly we forget? You know, it's, um, there are so many quotes. If you type in success quotes, I don't know if there's enough time while I'm alive to go through them all. Hundreds of millions of them, all different ways. If you don't know your own value, somebody will tell you your value and it would be less than your worth. Man, that was painful to hear. Bernard Hopkins. If you don't know Bernard Hopkins, he was one of the best boxers uh, to ever be. So, where do we typically create value and worth? Well, we have teachers and mentors. We have coaches. We have people in our lives. We have, um, we have money. We have family. Are you, success and are you successful? Are you worthy? Are you valuable as a person because of these things? You know, maybe it's because you have a family. Maybe it's because you have a big giant house. Or maybe you don't have a big giant house. Maybe it's your political party. <laughs> maybe it's the religion that you decide to follow. See, I don't, I, don't just, I don't just speak to Christians. I think that would be a disservice to the world. I think we should speak to everybody. We have a really cool message. I have, through... Uh, my wife here, who has studied theology, understood other religions. And we have one of the biggest, coolest messages of hope that I have ever heard in my life. So when we're talking, let's talk to everybody. Let's not push people to the side. But if you notice, when I talked about the homes, I said, or when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the level of success. There's a level of success that we put ourselves in. So then we have these steps. Where are we? See, for where we stand in society, success dictates our value. Success is conveyed in a quite a few different ways. And you might agree that your value be because you're a successful person. But what defines success? And I'm going to keep on coming back to this because it's a very interesting place. Because if you notice, we are turning very superficial in the world. And we've got to be careful that when we get sucked into it and, and kind of caught up in the whirlwind of what we're told on how we are. So I wrote a couple things down. What is successful? Well, I've taken a poll, and I've, I've coached people that are executives that are sitting in this high place of their office and they're, have all these employees, and I've spoken to people that are simply decided one day they wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for themselves. And these are all the things that we came up with. Financial freedom. I mean, you can't disagree, right? Time with family, a good job. I made it to church this week. Score. Way to go. Are you guys successful today? Amen. All right, all right, cool. College degree. Being in a relationship for so many years, owning a house, a boat, a car, being in good shape. These are really great things we can start basing on how we are successful. But the problem really comes into is, what if I'm not? <laughs> what if I'm not these? See, there's a place that we have, right? There's this, this level of what we call success. And then we'll just, I'll use my hand here because I don't have a big giant yardstick. It would make it easy for us. And we, we're kind of, moving up and down this scale. 
Well, we have to, how do we know? How do we know when we get here? Like, this is our success scale, scalometer, barometer? I don't know. You can fill in your own word, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. This is the spot. Well, what happens if we're not there yet? What happens if we're not financially free? We don't have that much time with our family. We don't have a good job. We didn't make it to church today. We don't have a college degree. We're not in a relationship. We don't have the house, the car, the boat. We're not in good shape. Are we all of a sudden now not successful? It's a valid question. If this is what I consider success, if I'm only right here, am I not a successful person? Well, if we're continuing to ask ourselves that question and we're not there yet, then we question our worth and value in the world. This is not something we do on purpose. It just happens. You know, Thomas Jefferson said, he talked about the pursuit of happiness. So maybe being happy is successful. I'm happy most of the time. Sometimes I'm not. So if I'm happy, if happiness in my life creates success, then if I'm not happy today, am I not successful? According to researchgate.net, success is the ability to achieve personal professional and life goals. You know, it was really interesting when I was growing up, and maybe y'all, some of y'all can identify with me on this, is that the success was created by working your rear end off, right? My dad worked really hard. He owned his crypto motor sales up in New Jersey, and he was there all the time, man. He was, he provided. It's called bringing home the bacon, I don't even think we have that statement anymore, do we? Especially not here in our church, right? <laughs> we, uh, we're bringing home the leaven bread. <laughs> Stripples, oh. I am not successful. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you for catching my humor. So if you look at all these things up here, they're all standards that we created. They're I- ideal of what success is. And all there's a big one in here, comparisons. The comparisons, these are comparisons to who we are and who we are not. I've also heard successes in the journey, and this is a very valid thing here. Here's the issue with that. (laughs) You ever write something down and you can't read it? Oh, yes. There's a reason why I couldn't read that, and you'll find out in a second here. Successes in the journey, and here's the issue with that. The word I wrote down, by the way, was Satan. You think he didn't want me to read that? It's a good chance. (coughs) Satan jumped in your mind. Feed you with insecurity, fears, doubts. Ah, he's good at what he does, man. You got to give him credit. I don't like him very much, but he's an expert. He's been doing it for a couple years. And how this comes up is, can I do this? What if I fail? I hope nobody reads my mind and sees all these insecurities, fears, and doubts. You know, according to medicalnewstoday.com in 2020 review, up to 80, this is such a big number, please be here with me on this. Up to 82% of people in society in the, in the year 2020 experience what's called imposter syndrome. And you're like, oh, great, now I'm an imposter. Nope, we're not imposters. We're not imposters because we know who our creator is. You're exactly who you are. Isn't that amazing that you were, I'm getting ahead of myself, I've got to be very careful because I get too excited about this topic. You were created by him, man. So back to what we were talking about, doubts, insecurities, and fears. They mess it all up. And as we go through our journey, these can I do this, what if I failed, what happens if people really hear and they find out who I really am, not the person I portray, 
not my my super shiny shirt or my my heel. I don't know what these are called. Wingtips? Is that what they're called? My wingtip white shoes? Or my colorful socks? What happens if they look past that and they really look in my mind and they really know how scared and fearful I am? What happens if they find that out? Well, if they did that, then they would know that I'm not a success here either. So we question our value and our worth. You know, as a coach, I place value on how many clients do I have? You know, if you own your own business, you get this. How many widgets did I sell this week? How many people are, are telling me how I impacted them? Am I helping others create breakthroughs and insights? And am I growing my income? And if I didn't do all these things, am I now not successful again? Because every time we set a bar and we don't hit the bar, don't we question ourselves? Oh, I, didn't hit my, I didn't hit it again. Man, am I not as good as I thought? Kind of went. Oh, there's the happiness slide. I was just running on a rant, wasn't I? It's fun. There's our imposter. We're on the outside, but in the mirror of our mind, we're a mess. You know what? It's cool to be a mess. It tells me how much you care about things. Because if you didn't care, you'd be like, whatever, I'm just going to show up or however I feel. You don't like me? You can get to stepping. For those of you online right now, that's Naples. We have lots of room. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. That's the Naples Beach. I came across the picture. I was looking for something that, that kind of made me feel good on the inside, and that was the one. So all this stuff about, you know, all these things where we start questioning ourselves and, you know, am I successful? Do I have value? You know, am I worthy of, of good things? You know, these are some questions that we ask ourselves on a continual basis. <clears throat> am I the only one that thinks like this? Oh, thank goodness. I don't want to be all alone. I don't mind, though. So in search of happiness and success, we're constantly looking to get somewhere. And as we're running, we're going through life. We're running as fast as we can to get somewhere. We're running to church. We're running to work. We're running to get our kids. We're running to practice. Oh, my goodness. We're running to sports events. We're running to the store. And then we've got to hurry up and get home and eat dinner. And then we've got to hurry up and clean up after dinner. And hopefully the power doesn't go out like I did the other night. And then I have to clean up at 10 o'clock at night. And then I've got to hurry up and get to bed. And then we've got to hurry up and wake up. And then we kind of repeat this process. I lost my breath being in it. I was thinking about this week. <laughs> All the things that we do. And our whole life, it seems like we're in a fight to get somewhere. And whether or not we're good enough to even be. Now, if you remember, I did put the word hope on the first slide, and you're like, this is not hopeful at all. It sounds terrible. I feel this is not good. Well, let's create some hope. Let's get into God's word. So the coolest thing about what we're going to talk about here is that we get to be in a place today. And I hope, I'm, I'm hopeful that you follow along with me on this success journey. So in success, value, worth, hope, and happiness, it comes down to what meaning we're putting on things in our lives. And did you know, and I didn't know this, it's kind of interesting, I'd never really, I didn't spend that much time in Ecclesiastes, and if you want to come with me, you can open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. In the NIV, the word meaningless comes up 35 times. I went, oh my word, this is perfect, because I've been putting a lot of meaning on things lately, and they weren't serving anybody. But is it possible that there's the word meaningless in Ecclesiastes, do you think they're trying to make a point? Is there a point to all this? Because the question comes down to what and where we put in the meaning. What are we pursuing? So if you look in Ecclesiastes 
chapter 2, <laughs> it's tiny. I'll read it to you. If you look in chapter 2, it says, pleasures are meaningless. I thought in my heart, come now. I will test you with pleasures to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly with my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under, <clears throat> to do under heaven when, uh, sorry, excuse me, do under heaven during the few days of our lives. I undertook great projects and projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruits in them. I made reservoirs. Man, he's really, really spending some time on this stuff here. I bought male and female slaves, had other slaves who were born in my house. I owned more herds and flocks than anyone else in Jerusalem before me. I, am I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasury and kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers and harem. Oh, my word, my word, my word. And all this wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet, when I survived all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Man. He has no more valuable than anyone else. He just had more stuff. So what does that say? Well, if you really kind of get into the meaning of it, stuff is meaningless, and it does not make us a valuable person. Whew, that was close. I thought I was going to have to buy a boat. I'm just kidding. I'll just go out on Andy's. <laughs> if you let me. All right, so if we continue moving forward here, we, we can skip over to, uh, where are we here? Verse 12. Wisdom, I know what I'll do. I'll get smarter. That will give me value. Wisdom and follies. Oh, never mind. It says wisdom and folly are meaningless. Then I turned to my thoughts to consider wisdom and also madness and folly. What more can the king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise man has eyes in his head while the fool walks in darkness. But I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. Then I thought in my heart, the fate of the fool will overtake me also. <sighs> what then do I gain by being wise? I said in my heart, this too is meaningless. For the wise man, like the fool, will not long be remembered. In days to come will be forgotten. Like the fool, the wise man too must die. I don't know about you, but knowledge and really didn't come over the last couple of years, but we have more access to things than we ever have before. We have the internet, we've got Google, we have, I don't want to put the word knowledge in, in social media. So we learn all this stuff. You really think we're informed? Or are we just told what we need to hear at the time? So wisdom, and I'm just going to speak for myself here, is meaningless. Being smarter than somebody else does nothing because we all come down to the same thing. <clears throat> God's word is wisdom. When I read this, I got schooled. We take a look at the, 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 the Bible and God's word and lessons and the insights of life. That creates wisdom. Outside of the Bible, we've really got to take a look at our intention. 
Are we glorifying God or are we looking to make somebody wrong? Are we standing in the place that God wants us to be or are we standing in the place of the world? So when you're choosing your wisdom, take a look at your source. Very simplistic stuff. So then we were like, well, what about all the stuff? I've been working my self to pieces. And I have all these things. I've been able to do all this stuff. Well, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 17 through 26, so I hated life, he starts with. It's a very strong four words. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled from under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether they're going to be a wise man or a fool, yet he will have control over all the work in which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all the toils, toilsome labor under the sun. For a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then he must leave, his, leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What does a guy get from all the toil, or what does a guy get from all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work, his pain and grief, and even at night his mind does not rest. This too is meaningless. You know, let me catch up with us here. When we're sitting here and we're really looking at stuff, it's what's occupying our time and our mind. I believe you should work hard. I believe you should put time into things that are important to you. I really do. I really, I do, do I think these things are meaningless? I believe it's the intention. What are we putting behind it? Are we looking to provide or are we looking to look good? If you notice in all these, all these verses that I'm reading, how many times the words I and my and me came up? I need to learn wisdom. I need to work harder. As a man can do nothing better than eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work, this too I see is from the hand of God. I'm in, uh, by the way, chapter 2, verse 24. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Oh, we're starting to get somewhere. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to him to hand it over to one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, chasing after the wind. So now we're starting to move somewhere. Now we're starting to create something. If you, if you heard this very, very subtle, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to one who pleases God. All right, I'm starting to hear you. So the one, if I'm with God, God does give. If I slow down enough, God gives me wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting this message now. I'm starting to hear you, Lord. So this is the journey that I went through this week, so you get to follow along with me, right? Let's see where we are here. All right. So now we're in chapter 5. We're talking about money. How much money do we have? Well, money usually creates success, right? Everybody says, you know, I need to get as much as I can and buy as many things as I can. Well, in Ecclesiastes 5.10, man, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. 
well, if we love money and worry about money, here's something, I, and, and I heard, um, this is a very powerful statement, that when we love money or worrying about money, we're actually worshiping it. We created money and turned it into a false idol. Because if you're worrying about money, you're basically telling God, I'm worrying about this because I don't think you can handle this for me. <sighs> I know, I hurt too, it hurts. And if I love money, I'm putting it above God because I love money the more than you. So where's the, where's the balance? Why are you creating wealth? That's the question. Oh, here they are. So, that debunks money. Man, can you guys see that? No? Cool. Well, I'll read it out loud. <laughs> so now we go down to Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7. Integrity. Whew, man, oh man. <sighs> this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than offer the sacrifice of fools who do not, know and do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so speech of a fool when there are many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools fulfilling your vow. He has no pleasure in fools fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin and do not, prote no, do not protest. Excuse me. Yes, do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be at angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. <clears throat> this one is incredibly important because if we think about it, integrity is doing what we know needs to be done even when we think nobody is watching. If we stand in awe of God, if we're being in our lives, if we're being as though that God is hanging out with us all the time, wouldn't we think a little bit different? But we forget. You know, I don't know about you all. When you were younger, I was way different around my parents than I was when I was around my friends. But if we act as though and we show up in the world as though we know God's hanging out with us, not because we're like, I hope God doesn't punish me. I don't want to be grounded. That would be terrible. I'm talking about hang out with, with God as though he's guiding us and directing us. He's that little whisperer in your ear that says, you, 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 you know that you probably should be doing something different right now. And we're like, shh, this is fun. And we allow it, to, we push it to the side. We push God to the side. Imagine if we stood in awe of God. That we be as though God is having, hanging out with you right this very second. Might change the, the way we be. It's very, put a lot of things into perspective with me. And then we go down to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 18 through 20. Then I realized, yes. Then I realized it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of his life. God has given him, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and to be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied in the gladness of his heart. There is only one thing that I hear from this piece here is that he's telling us 
Stop worrying about where you need to go all the time. Stop worrying about the success you're chasing, you think you're chasing after, because if you look at all the definitions that we've created around success, we made them all up. I don't know how many people are in here today, but if I asked you all what's your definition of success, it's going to be different. How do you know when you're there? If it's money or, or, or even, even coming to church and being closer to God, it's going to be different for every single person. So if that's the case, does this destination that we call being successful, does it really exist? Or is it something we can be now? Do we really need to get there? Or already, or, or, man, that's a tongue twister. Or are we already there? Are we spinning our wheels, hauling through life? So let's take another look at success. They accomplish, this is the um, definition I pulled from the dictionary. Well, not the dictionary, the one online, right? <laughs> Google. The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. I have been successful in my endeavors. Uh-oh. Successful in my endeavors. Hmm. So is the word success really according to what we've kind of done up until this point? I showed up. I did this. I did that. It's a measurement of something that we've done. And I'm going to be honest with you again. Still your definition. Success is not a place to get to, and for most, your value and worth as a human being has been placed on a variable an ever-changing and ever-shifting place. All these things that we talk about, everything, the whole entire list, the last however many minutes I've been talking, it's shifting. Money, knowledge, stuff, people we know, all these things are great goals, and you should be the person that God wants you to be. I believe that God wants you to be utterly successful. I believe he wants you to be incredibly wealthy. I believe he wants you to be incredibly happy. And whatever things that your heart desires, I believe that he wants you to have them. And I'm not against any of that stuff. In fact, I encourage it. Because when people ask you if you're, you, you, you seem so happy. I am happy. God has blessed me so richly, I don't even know how to deal with it. If we stop for a minute, and you really counted your blessings, I won't do it here because I don't want to cry in front of y'all. But I will. You sit there sometimes by myself at the house and, you know, nobody's home. And I just hang out. And I walk out of my office and I stand in the middle of our house and I just weep. It's a very humbling thing because I didn't work for it. God placed the opportunity in front of me. And he's like, do you want this? I'm like, that'd be cool. He's like, step into it. I'm like, thanks for that. <laughs> he will put the opportunities in front of us. The moment we allow our fears and insecurities and doubts and our worth and our value and all these things that keep us down, that Satan is trying to keep you down, the moment that happens, those doors that are standing right in front of you that are open for all these opportunities for happiness and greatness in your life, they're right there in front of you, but you can't see them because our glasses are so mightied up from all the stuff that Satan is feeding your mind with. It's because we're putting our value and worth on things that are not of God. I don't know where I am here. I gotta stay focused because I'll be here all day with you all. If we take a look at being financially free, more intentional time with our family, a good job, college degree, 
made it in church, being powerful, being in a powerful God-centered relationship, being in good shape, having all these things like a house and a boat and whatever you want. God wants you to have those. But here's the key. They do not define you. They don't dictate your worth. They don't tell you that you're valuable or not. They are simply blessings and gifts that are there for you from God that you can have in your life, of course, if you please. The issue, though, the issue that we have had is society that puts success, worth, and value on these things. And then we do it. So where does value really come from? Because it's not something we can earn. It's not something we can create ourselves. And it's not even something we can take. It's a gift. It's a cool slide. There's a word that stands out really strong, and I'll read it and see if you pick it up. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Are not one of them and not one of them is forgotten by God. Why? Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more value than many sparrows. The word value in the Bible, I should have looked it up to see how many there are. There's a lot of words of value. He's putting value on you. Not even in a good place yet here. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, Genesis 1.27. Does it get any more valuable than that? That he literally created you in his own image. He didn't create you of something that he kind of created, and he's like, oh, that would be a really neat human being looking thing. He created you in his image. He put that together. You're so valuable that God himself created you. You are you, and there has never been another one there never will be another one, and there isn't one of you now. He created you with a purpose. He knows you. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He sent his son to die for you so that you may never, ever worry about anything again, and you have everlasting life with him in his kingdom at his right hand. You want to talk about valuable and worth? The God, the creator of everything that ever has, is, and ever will be, created you with purpose? He knows how many hairs you have on your head or whatever's left. He knows everything about you. Everything. And here we are worried about what people say around us. Here I was, you know, for days that bothered me when that person sent me the accept, accept. It bothered me for days that I ruined something for somebody. That's what doubt popped into my mind. Well, maybe, I'll, maybe, maybe it wasn't that good. I allowed a person to tell me my own value on how I show up. Now I'm incredibly meticulous. I'm so worried about the words in my stuff that I'm, it's, it's comes, my, my, my message is secondary because I allowed a person to tell me how I am. And as far as I believe, when we hang out with God, we get to hang out with the loved ones from our past. I don't know about you, man. That's worth it. You want to feel value? You want to feel worthy? You only have one thing you need to do. And that's accept his gift. You get to accept his gift of salvation. You want to feel worth in the world? Ask the one that created you. 
Not the one that's staring at you. Not the one that's judging you. Not the one that's trying to keep you from where you're supposed to be. Not the one that's, that you're comparing yourself to. I'd be cooler if I was that person. I'd have a lot more, lot more happiness if I was a successful or had as much money as that person. I'd be greater if I had better haircut. I don't know. You pick the comparison. I we've all done it. And here's the thing. If you feel guilty for it, you're creating that yourself. It's just a thought. Allow them to be thoughts. It's what we do to the thoughts. It's the significance that we put on our thoughts. It's the value that we put on our thoughts. If a thought that comes in in your mind and it's not serving you to, and, and, and showing you the value and the worth that God has created in you, go to him. I had these thoughts. He's going to go, that's cool, man. I saw him. I was there. <laughs> I heard them. So where are you going to put it? You want to sit with your value? I love this. I say this constantly to myself. Be still and know that I am God. Psalms 46.10. My friends, you are successful. You were born by the creator. And because of that, the value that you have on your life is exponential. The worth that you have in this world is exponential. So if you want to create this level of how you feel about yourself, we need to pull back from the variables and go to the one constant. And that is our Lord and Savior, our Father, our God. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day, for blessing us so richly. Thank you for being our God and showing us, showing us that you created us with purpose, that you put the value in our lives that we are your sons and daughters, that you value us more than we can ever imagine. Let us remember that, Lord, that we don't compare to anybody because you created us specifically to be us. That everything exactly is happening exactly the way it needs to be. You're constantly showing us, let us, let us open our minds and our ears and our hearts and our eyes to see these messages coming up and the opportunities you give us to be happy and to glorify you, Lord. And that when great things coming, that we give you the credit. And we thank you for the gifts that you have given us. Let us walk out of here today with our head held high, not in arrogance and in humility, that you are our Father. And you are constantly, 100% of the time, guiding us through every millisecond of the day. Let us be still and know that you are our God. And be with you as much as our mind can handle. In Jesus' name, amen.